Welcome to a bonus episode of Balling in the Six. We're going to be taking a bit of a lighter look at the work ethic of NBA players and some of the interesting workouts that they have partaken in the last few years and how you yourself can become an NBA player thanks to the expertise of your two hosts. Without further ado, let's get straight into it. So, um, you are, of course, we do a feature every week, and Braal, I'm going to let you introduce this famous feature of the week. Well, this week we're going to be talking about work ethics in the NBA. That sounds really exciting. And, absolutely. I mean, as you guys know, me and Kamel, we're probably the embodiment of work ethic when it comes to this podcast. Every week, without fail, Except for last you get week. to listen to us. Except for last week, maybe another week here or there. Who knows? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We we are grinding out here for you, and it's something that we we think that uh, some of the better players uh, historically they have been lauded for their absolutely insane work ethic. And maybe I'll just start it off by. You know, some of the stories you hear from uh, Kobe, for example. Yeah, Kobe, of course. Was a he's in the gym at 5, 5 a.m., is it? Or was it even yeah, earlier he, than that? No, so he wakes up. Um, he woke up most days at 3 a.m. And um, usually, I think he'd get in a quick workout. And I think uh, the one of the stories that highlights it to me is during the USA basketball camp. So the other players are like getting up in the morning, they're going down to breakfast, feeling a little groggy. And they see Kobe and he's just coming to the room, into the breakfast room with four or five of his trainers. And he's just completely drenched in sweat. And they basically, uh, they find out, they're, they're like, well, what's, what's going on? Why, why, is he, why is he like that? Blah, blah, blah. He just had a shower and they've realized, yeah, this man is just putting a four hour workout before we've even eaten our breakfast. And this was during USA basketball camp. Like, the man didn't have to be working that hard then, but I don't know. I don't know where that kind of competitiveness comes from. I know Jordan in his Hall of Fame speech talks about, like, his whole life growing up with his siblings. Like, competition was always the number one thing that tied everything together. But, um... It, it yeah, obviously what, what, it comes from a young because um Kobe was actually up at five a.m. even in high school. Um, was he? Yeah, he he's been he's yeah. been like that all all his life. I mean, you can compare it to um Kevin Durant, who we like to meme for a lot of reasons, but uh, Kevin Durant said in an interview a couple of years ago, he's um he he sacrifices himself by getting up at eight thirty to be the first one on the court, and you know everyone with a um, full-time nine-to-five job is just, just, just disgusted with Durant. I mean, <laughs> we we appreciate Kobe for his, but eight thirty doesn't really reflect the kind of worth ethic that. Yeah, that's that's quite surprising. I think for a cold-blooded mammal as well, well, animal, you need to warm your body up before um, <laughs> you're able to actually move around. That's quite surprising. Um, very good. Uh, but I do think. It, it does come into the debate about nature versus nurture, but what I'd like to go on to say actually is talking about unorthodox training methods. Um, 
just to give like a quick example or two from outside the NBA, when you look at Lomachenko, who's probably, people would argue he's the best pound-for-pound boxer at the moment. He has some of the most unorthodox training methods for a boxer. I mean, the guy's doing like juggling constantly. He, he does his exercise where he's punching a tennis ball that's attached to his head. He kind of looks like some sort of alien while he's doing it. I think the strangest part, though, is after training, when he's completely physically drained, he goes home and he does mental arithmetic, 33 plus 64. I don't know why he does it. Well, he says it sharpens his 97. mental acuity. Loma, Loma would have been far faster than Kumail. That Maybe that's why he does it. He, it keeps him sharp. Clearly, you're not as sharp as him. Um, yeah. Wow. wow. I'm, I mean, I'm impressed already. Yeah. and. I, this kind of ties in with the NBA. Like when you see some players and say they have balance issues or they have maybe flexibility issues, they constantly get, say, groin injuries or, uh, you know, um, joint problems. There's a lot of unorthodox and orthodox actually training methods that a lot of players don't seem to implement or utilize. Um, there's such as uh, Tim Duncan, for example. Yeah, Tim Duncan, of course, um, was an excellent swimmer in his youth. And if you think about his longevity and you think about his joint health and, of course, the kind of low-impact cardio that swimming produces, then you're looking at uh, another sport and excelling at another sport, really helping Duncan out throughout his career. Uh, that's one example. Um if we look at maybe the unorthodox methods, um, let's look at Steph Curry. Uh, Burrell, have a guess what Steph Curry does to improve his footwork. Um, I know he does fantasize about Aisha's feet. Um, I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe giving Excuse us me? foot massages. Uh, I don't know what is it. What is the answer? Um, it's less um less less PG thirteen than that. He does weekly mm, Zumba mm. classes. In the off season, right? What what exactly is Zumba, Kamel? Please, please. What exactly is Zumba? I mean, yeah, I'm, obviously yeah. I'm a big I'm a big participant in Zumba, and mm, that's exactly mm. why I'm stalling right now. Not definitely right. not to Google it, but essentially no, it's, no, uh, it's an exercise not. and fitness program created by uh, a Colombian dancer involving dance and aerobic music, uh, aerobic right. movement formed to energetic ah. music. Yeah. Right, maybe that's why Steph's got uh, so many different moves in his arsenal. That, that yeah, I mean, sense. his uh, celebrations are something to admire, really. Um, yeah, he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of sway in the shoulders, I must say. Yeah, I mean, um, so Zumba's quite obviously, I mean, I'm not, not to insult Zumba, but it's not the most topical <laughs> workout. If we look at more of a big man, um, Joachim Noah, what does he do? Uh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I won't even let you guess because you're not going to guess this. Okay. Uh, so he trains, firstly, he trains with a surfer. He trains with surfer uh, Laird Hamilton. And okay. And he jumps in a pool with two 30-pound dumbbells in his, in his hands. And right. That, and, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah. And he swims mm. with 30-pound dumbbells. And allegedly, he tries not to breathe as much as possible. Wow. And that, this was in the 2016 bit... season, 2015 <laughs> off-season. And during, you know, during the three seasons when he came into the league, obviously Noah 
He's now he's now a bit defunct. Poor poor um, guy. But he packed on, no, he packed no, on a few he's pounds of lean muscle. Incapable of shooting. Maybe maybe that's why he's incapable of shooting. He's his arms are so vascular, muscular that he's just incapable of controlling that basketball. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Who knows? Yeah, I mean, um we're talking about how he can't shoot. Let's talk to one of the best shooters of all time, Kyle Korver. Yes, well, guess what he does? He um he trains in shark infested waters. What does he do? Does he does he pet the sharks? What, what's well, the um, shark? well, um, essentially, it's a Japanese annual pre- purification ritual which he intends to do. This is um a Marcus Elliot quote who introduced him. Uh, there's a jujitsu concept that was introduced called misogi. It comes from the idea that we take we take fewer risks as we get older, think more inside the box, etc. To combat this, he once a year you do something that you're not sure you can do. I'm not talking a marathon. It's more like climb to the top of the farthest mountain. That's where I'm going to go. And so, right. for example, one year, Elliot put Quarver on a 13-foot paddle and had him paddleboard 25 miles into the Pacific Ocean. Quarver huh. then said dolphins and gargantuan mola began to surround his board. <laughs> um, the next year, the next year he did something That is even... the most surprising individual to do all this stuff. He is, he is, a, he is a work of nature, Carl Korver, and you won't believe what he did the next year. He and some friends yeah. ran a 5K relay on the ocean floor using an 85-pound rock to weigh them down, and they did it in South California's ah. shark-infested waters. The next season, ah. he set a new all-time NBA record making a three-pointer in 127 consecutive games. Um, it uh, I have a certain phrase that's going out around in my head. I probably can't say on this podcast. But, um, yeah, there's there's certain times of people like taking those kind of risks. Um, it sounds like he doesn't have enough enough stuff to do in his spare time. I think he's got all this money. He's like, what, what do I do with it? Um, I... I I get it. I know, like, controlling your mental aspects as a player. Some players argue that, you know, everyone's got the physical talent and what really separates the top 1% is that is that mental strength and uh, resilience. So I guess that could work, but maybe you could do something less dangerous. I don't know, like... Uh, like uh, I can't... I can think... I can't even think of anything, actually... I saw that just left me flabbergasted. I don't know what to say. But yeah, it's um. I mean, if it works, don't bash it. Don't change. Kyle, yeah. Kyle, even as you approach keep 40, doing you, please Kyle. don't change. Keep you do you. Keep doing you, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. you're going from work, weird workouts, to maybe sports, which is quite interesting. Because, of course, a lot of... I mean, any any professional sports player in any sport will have played sports to other, other sports to quite a good level at a young age. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, did you know Joel Embiid was a fantastic volleyball player? Yes, yeah, I actually did know that. I mean, and of um, course, that kind of explains kind of the footwork and the mobility, and you know, I guess the jumping to an extent, the hot, yeah, the, actually, the hops yeah. he got. Um, as well as that, Dirk Nowitzki was a great handball player, and also tennis as well. Dirk yes, was. tennis player um, as well. Uh, I think the handball will. Uh, Effect was that his main thing? Well, I just think it affects the basketball game more. You know, as a former uh, university handball player myself, I right, uh, right, right, right. yeah, I generally, I generally that kind of hand-eye coordination that um, the especially the, a lot of the movements, finding space, 
um, mm. around the court is uh, it's quite an interesting one. But, um, and did, did those did those towels were they was it like space jam? Did those towels get left behind on the handball court, or were you able yeah, to transfer them over? Uh, well, it's, it's hard to try. Only only the very special few can transfer them over. It looks like Dirk Dirk managed to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'd, I'd given a, a physical example. But I, I guess these sports would definitely help with, um, say, hand-eye coordination especially. But um, another example is, uh, say, Stephen Adams, who, whose sister actually, Valeria Adams, she was a shot put. I think she won a gold medal at the Olympics. But when it came to Stephen Adams, he, he did judo in his youth. And this has helped him, of course. He's the best offensive rebounder in the league. Nobody messes with Steven Adams. I mean, there are so many quotes of other players saying, yeah, he's one strong mother, you know. Mm, he's yeah. Odd, yeah, otherworldly strength. He's yeah. a strong mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, strong, independent woman. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just... Well, uh, another another player, off. interestingly, who did that was uh, James Johnson, actually. Um, he was really, really? serious about uh, more karate and kickboxing and MMA. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did. Um, he didn't actually play basketball until high school. Um, his main base, physical base and athletic base, was based around those combat sports, which is quite similar I, to Adams, and maybe explains his. Um, I mean, basketball does. Rec- basketball requires a lot of, um, you know, pound for pound strength and agility. So yeah, I mean, it's quite easily easily explained and easily transferred there. I think what this probably shows is that. Um, it's probably okay to go with whatever sport from a young age, as long as you're doing something to a lot of kind of consistent basis. I imagine for any of these players who started playing basketball from like 13 onwards, there's probably not a single one of them didn't have like a main couple of like a main few sports beforehand. No, I it should give like... one example though. Um, mm. And he wrote about this in the Players' Tribune, but Chris Humphreys. Right. Um, Formerly Mr. Kim Kardashian, now still, uh, but he's still on the Brooklyn Nets. Did, did he take her first name as well, Mr. Kim Kardashian? <laughs> Mr. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. That, um, he was in his youth. He was an excellent swimmer, and he managed to beat out Michael Phelps. Wow. Wow. And he spoke about this. He, he wasn't playing basketball. He was he was just swimming, and he was he was he was he was a monster. And now he's doing a different kind of swimming. Well, not anymore, but... Um, he's swimming uh, yeah, the lower he, echelons he of stuck. the NBA league. <laughs> I, maybe he should have stuck with that other sport, mate. Um, he holds he maybe saw to... that NBA money and he thought, you know, that's the way to go. You can't really blame him, but... I mean, he still, uh, he still holds two under-10 swimming records, actually. Um, yeah. The 50-meter freestyle. I think I have a couple of those on my on my, on my uh, fire tape yeah. as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I was I was a dreadful swimmer. It was it was a tough life for me in the pool. Well, bro, um, I guess we'll end this section. Um, <laughs> yeah. as a amazing amazing basketball player yourself in English in English game. Yeah. Tell absolutely. me about any odd workouts that you, maybe you'd recommend for young players who are aspiring to be like you. Um. Well, oh, I can't I can't make this joke. Um. Right. <laughs> One workout I certainly would recommend is um, definitely something balance related. So potentially, um, uh, this is a bit of a stretch, but some sort of like tightrope walking. 
Have you ever seen that? Like, I mean, that's, that's, that's generally not offered in uh, physical education down here, but I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever seen like that elastic band like people put between trees and they try and? Yeah, it's a very hipster walk. hipster university sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did it at Cambridge a lot, um, but yeah, just, it's just, just dropping Cambridge in there. But okay, let's move um, on. No, no, just went to visit a friend, mate. I just went to visit a friend. <laughs> no, um, so that for example, I'm I'm sure if you did similar exercises to that, even um, if you did like some sort of gymnastics, which, which involves a lot of balance, I think, yeah, I think that would. I don't know if you're talking about for like, yeah, for an NBA player certainly, but for anyone, um for your strength, for your balance. So I think maybe that's the one I would recommend. And I guess something that we've learned maybe from likes of Adams and James Johnson and even um, Noah is the core is so, so important at every mm. age in basketball, uh, not only for strength, but, you know, every everything from rebounding to going up to the rim to jumping to avoiding injury, uh, impacting... Avoiding players. injury? Yeah, I mean, for example, really? um, th- those... You know, those of you follow 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 my fitness page will know that my um mm. my athletic career has been stunted by lower back injuries that have been uh partly caused by an imbalanced in, in, you know a, a weaker core relative to the rest of my body, for example. And oh, you, know, right. that, you, you know, if you look at if you look at why NBA coaches and especially uh, at younger age in the college age emphasize that core, you know, whether it's medicine ball work, even plank work leg raises, things like that, you've got to hit that core. And that you can do that at mm. every age. You can start, you know, even if you're seven, eight years old, you can start, you know, putting in some sit-ups. So that would be, be my little recommendation. And for the listeners, uh, would you like to just tell them what that page is called? Just, just in case they somehow are not already following that page. Swole Revolution. It's called Swole Revolution. There'll be a special prize for my 500th subscriber on YouTube. Oh, mate, there we go. To that's, finish that's off, to round it off, we are going to... That's all we've got on the bonus episode. If you enjoyed it, please let us know on Twitter. Follow us, Balling in the Six. And as always, make sure you give us five stars on iTunes and subscribe so you get the next episode right to your phone.